Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. To be honest with you, uh, I cried for you. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, we're talking about England leveling the series one all thanks to Dom Sibley yucking his way to 120 test runs and Ben Stokes doing literally everything else in the same game. This is, of course, after Joffre Archer goes to see a friend and breaks mm. biosecurity measures. There's also three men on a podium in South Africa in the 3TC Solidarity Cup, whatever that is, Australia's 26-man squad, and some big bash fixture news, and also the ICC World Cup being postponed officially now. Josh Hazelwood is on the show to talk Tamworth, Pat Cummins not being country enough, playing second fiddle to his talented brother, and Tim Payne shitting himself. Sam Robson is on to talk Sydney Test Cricket, actual Test Cricket, and being seen in the Daily Mirror in a Soho street party. Barney Ronay calls in, fresh from creating a life event with his third 13-year-old son, to tell us about Joffre, if England are good or bad, and Ian Botham's imminent entrance to the House of Lords. Hashtag AskTDC is about names of future test players, having a hens party at the MCG on Boxing Day, and another instalment of Have I Been Alfred. This is all thanks to Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggleruk.com, and Wisdom, Wisdom Cricket Monthly, who are offering a good little deal to our listeners which we'll tell you a little bit later on the show. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm right here with Sam Perry. Pezza, fuck me, man. Big show. Heaps yeah, going on. Big going on. Big going on. Mate, we'll get right into the – obviously, the, pe- the people just want to know about Joffre. What's he mm-hmm. up to? And mm-hmm. so on, in, that, in that vein, first question to you right away. Uh, have, you got a, have you got a best reason or best excuse you've heard of or you've given yourself uh, as to why you're missing a game of cricket or you're late or something? Yeah, I, I thought about this. I, unfortunately, I don't have any good personal stories about it. I missed a game for a wedding once, which is just standard. standard you haven't stuff. played cricket yep. unless you've actually done that and still been kind of treated with suspicion. It was my sister's wedding. I was yeah, MC right. and it was still like, oh, yeah. okay, you don't want to go to I didn't know you had a sister, Pezza. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah that kind of, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I yeah, do yeah, when, yeah, yeah, she's getting married. Made yeah. it up, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did note looking or combing around uh, the in- internet, right? So it's yes. a bit, bit, bit of a cheat, I guess. But like mm-hmm. uh, in 1878, the Australians had a guy called Billy Midwinter. Oh, Billy Midwinter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first Billy. He's not about a middle order. He just did some the same stuff. These ones, Billy yeah, Doblets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these ones. Uh, yeah. So 
So he qualified for both Australia and England. Right. He's the That's only right. guy to have played for both Australia and England in tests. Okay. Right? Um, so they're on an Ashes tour. He decides at last minute, instead of playing for Gloucester, mm-hmm. who we qualified for, he wanted to play for Australia. Mm-hmm. Both teams were playing on the same day. Mm-hmm. Australia's at Lords and uh, Gloucester's at the Oval, okay. right? And so he decides, I'm going to play for Australia. Okay. Uh, and, um, okay. yeah, normal. I'll play for Australia. I'll play for normal. This yeah. is Billy Midwinter. Billy Midwinter. Billy Midwinter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Biddly. <laughs> Uh, now, the, the problem was that um, W.G. Grace yeah. plays for Gloucester. The story's even better now. Works out. The doctor. He's like, hang on. Billy's not showed up at the Oval. Where's Billy? Yeah. Oh, Billy's playing for Australia. He's doc. playing for Australia today. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> doc. Yeah. Goes across the other side of town, mm. horse and cart presumably, <laughs> over to Lords, and says, Billy, get in the horse and cart. Basically kidnaps him, takes him back to the Gloucester game. This is true. Yeah. Fails. Australia's left with 10 men. Fucking hell. So WG Grace kidnapped Billy Midwinter to play <laughs> at the Oval. That's a good reason for what missing a game for Australia. And yeah. just, just burnishes WG Grace's uh, profile even more. Well, as you know, I'm into that kind of stuff. Yeah. He had a bit going on, the doc, didn't yeah. he? Billy Midwinter. Yeah. Yourself, you would have missed a bit of cricket for good reason and stuff or, or heard of a few things around the traps. Well, not, uh, I had the same stuff. I had my uncle's wedding once as I missed, uh, uh, I missed the game. Oh, did you? you got an uncle, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Just a reflex. Yeah, exactly. Now, one, a good one for me was, uh, I won't say his name, but a guy I play with, he, um, he turned up late and he said that his car had broken down, yeah, um, but there was rain that day. Yeah. And people, he turned up and he was hung over as fuck, like you yeah. could smell the alcohol on him. Yeah. And uh, someone found his car about two streets further away. And he, got, <laughs> he said he got a cab to the game and he just, yeah, he was, he was lit up. Okay. Yeah, so that was that was his. Well, he wasn't. He, he didn't miss the game. It was just late and it was yeah. rain. So I understand it. And I mean, yeah, it was in the early noughties. So yeah. you know, this thing was these things were acceptable back then. Yeah, of course. But Joffre had a different excuse. Yeah. And he went to go see a friend, Pezza. <laughs> and just Love the language that. of that is like, like I, if I have one of my mates around, I don't say oh, I'm having a friend over. Yeah. Unless like, well, I have many friends over, but yeah. they're not. You know. Yeah. It's kind of like it's a friend in the sense of like, oh, who was that, Daddy? Oh, just a friend. <laughs> exactly. It was kind of like that, and and I love that, like with the just clarification. So, so Joffre obviously he's, he's yeah. missed the test because uh, he's he's just, well, he's gone outside the bubble, which is another normal concept going on that we all thought we'd be talking about. He was a bubble boy. He was a bubble. Well, they were all bubble boys. They're all really, bubble boys. But he got. Yeah. He didn't want to be a bubble boy <laughs> he didn't anymore. Want to be a bubble boy. Yeah, and uh, he met That's a friend. And it's like that, like. People have obviously tried to clarify who this was, and the only clarification is that it wasn't yeah. Chris Jordan, his I like friend. Um, he just met a friend, and it was for an hour or two. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've never popped around for an hour. Yeah. It's almost certain he's got a chop out of it. I like uh, the elimination process of telling us who it isn't. Population in the UK have, what, 70 million? Something, yeah, like that. something like that. Well, it wasn't Chris Jordan. Yeah. I don't care who it wasn't. Who was it? And was it worth it? Probably an hour or two. I, I wanted to ask you, because you've spoken about the sexual recession through this coronavirus yeah. quite a lot. Oh, I don't play test cricket. I wish I did. More, would, more, now more so than ever. Would you travel 60 miles and escape the bubble boy lifestyle for one at this point? All I'm saying for Joffre is it's just a short career and you've got to make hay while the sun shines. You know, it's, just, it's a golden summer. Yeah. He's in the peak of his powers. He can, he can drive to a different country for all I care. Yeah. You know? Well, he was extremely sorry for he, what he did. Yeah, he was extremely sorry. Extremely sorry. Well, we actually, had, we had a good conversation with uh, our close personal friend, Barney Rona, yes. who spoke very eloquently on this, so we won't be able to do it any justice, but stick no. around because um, he speaks very well about that. Yeah. But He um, speaks seriously about it. He actually speaks seriously yeah. about it. We're just celebrating him getting a chop and jeopardising people's health and stuff and playing for the England cricket team. But, you know, chop, worth it. Mm, exactly. Let us know out there. What would you do? Dom Sibley scored 120, but it didn't look good. Exactly. 
uh, yeah, like like Australians, they'll be losing their minds about Dom. Sibley I lost my mind when he comes hey, out. Tough. But, let's be honest. Tough watch this Test match until halfway through day five. Yeah. Tough watch. Yeah. Again, let's commence with denigrating England's players. That's just, fine. They've actually pulled off quite a decent win. Um, with a bit of time to spare after having lost a fair amount yeah. due to rain yeah. and off the back of Ben Stokes confirming greatness. But mm. Sibley, mm. too much of it on leg side, the wagon wheels, too much behind square. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, with Australians, it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, you can score 120 to second ton, mm-hmm. uh, first one at home and, and all that kind of gear. England mm. have gone through 20 combinations of openers. That's right. Maybe one scored 100 now. Maybe he's the one. That to, is to, the one. To, to partner Burns. That may all be so. The, the numbers are good, but... You know, runs behind square don't yeah. have as strong masculine properties <laughs> as runs in front of square. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. you're going to be treated again with suspicion. I don't know how you can chest the ball down the ground, but there's been players in the past who chest balls down the Absolutely. ground. Absolutely. <laughs> and we respect them more for it. Yeah. More front dog runs required. Exactly. That's what I want more. But I was just looking at like the opening partnership of Rory Burns and Sibley. And I don't, I don't know if these guys will play. I just feel like Rory Burns, who started pretty well in his test career, yeah. it, that's just a fucking... Pirates of the Caribbean looking motherfucker at the moment, isn't it? It's onto just, the, yeah. I'm onto it, yeah. I did yeah. tweet it, but I'll tell you to Played your face bit, now. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. No, no. Not any sort of you know, professional standard. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's all crabby and then I've got a right-handed crabby batsman who yeah. sort of, but he's played great cricket, so you get him on the show. Yeah, but can I, like, from an English perspective, can I just say, like, it's good that English batsmen look like this. Like, England's meant to be yeah. all about, you know, technique and nuance and, and especially openers playing on green, weird decks and stuff. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd feel less safe if England was producing, you know, brutal, beautiful-looking batters. Like, I, I ne- like Peterson was never right for me playing for England. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same with Stokes. He's like, got some chest runs. Yeah, you guys don't – this is English. This is not English. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't deserve this, but they do. They got them. Now they're, they're returning to their openers that look – crabby and, as mm. you say, like someone who's a, an actor in Pirates of the Caribbean. Zach Crawley's batting throw doesn't look right to me. Yeah. It's all just a bit Tony Gregg. Yeah. Okay. It reminds me of Tony. Oh, an England captain. Yeah, just <laughs> just a tall blonde guy, longy sort of, you know, thinny hair, long, like MCC right. fucking grip and just yeah. doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, okay. And they, I'm telling you things that don't feel right to me. Ben yeah. Stokes feels right to me. Fuck me, he's good. Ah, he's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, what, what's this one? As Australians want... were supposed to hate him, and that's okay because he's, he's in opposition. Mm. I don't hate him. He's just – when he's not playing against us, us being you and me, you have to celebrate him being just fucking well, awesome I mean, at everything. What was it, 170-odd mm. in the first innings? Slowest, no, 170-odd and then – So 176, slowest 100 he scored, over 300 yeah. balls, and then opens about in the second innings and hits his second fastest oh, – fastest yeah. 50 ever by an England opener. Nine. Three wickets, including like a key one in yeah, the second innings one, as well, yeah. just around the wicket bounces at 88 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, he is an entire team taking yeah. catches. Uh, yeah, I just want to pick up, again, just going to the negative of Stugs. Of course. I was more buzzing to face 300 balls than when I got my century. I never like thought that. I could face 300 balls in innings. Like, You got the soundbite of why you're always lying? I mean, like, uh, <laughs> yes. that's not right. That's not on brand. No, that's not on brand. Some, uh, he had some chest runs Yeah, in the second innings. Yeah. yeah about chest runs now. Wait, what's going on with Joe Root? I'm just thinking about like England's world class players. Fuck, it's funny watching Broad bowl. Like, why wasn't he picked in the first? Yeah, he's so good in England. He is good. Has, has there been a better momentum bowler? You know, when like Broad gets a wicket and you go, "Well, he's going to take seven wickets yeah. now," like he did in the Ashes that time yes. in doing the shocking shock face emoji thing. Hateful. Don't like his headband. Yeah, but they have to do it, you know, and that's that's on brand for England as well. You know, they're not getting haircuts and stuff for COVID reasons. So oh, gonna, okay, that makes gonna, sense. They're going to put the bands. Mate, on. what's one of the rules where like broadhand his jumper to Sibley 
to then give to the umpire. The umpire's not allowed to receive the umpire's know. jumper. No, know about that? Can't help you there. Also, Sorry. Dom Sibley licked the ball and he was the first person to break the rules. I say licked the ball, he <laughs> yeah, puts yeah. saliva on it. Well, it's the same thing, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> he licked it. Remember when Shahid Freddy bit the ball? Mate, I remember, going on there? I remember our second grade captain literally licked the ball at first, first slip. That's so no, gross. second slip. No, but just with his tongue and then just, and then just, I was at mid off <laughs> early in the career yeah. and he obviously hurled it 50 metres into the air yeah, at, yeah, at yeah, a parabola yeah. that was yeah, not yeah. necessary. I played the. Just for his own entertainment. Yeah, I played the game once where a guy in seconds was spat on the ball and threw it to the captain. Fucking revolting stuff. Yeah. You see stuff now where people like, stuff. you see like old sports highlights and people like slapping backs and high fiving stuff and you're like, oh, gross, COVID. Yeah, it's starting to look weird. Yeah, yeah starting to look weird. God, now. we were free back then. So free. We didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. Anything else from the test match? I got broad balls good, but I kind of touched on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, just just on that ball stuff. Like, um, um, there's a slow creep of this balls faced metric, you know, like the cow and ton or the denture. Ah, there's it's fucking, a certain, I don't it's no good, it, man. Yeah. So it doesn't have masculine properties. <laughs> Stop saying masculine properties <laughs> to me. What about the umpires? Yeah, no. I thought the worst things are pretty unlucky in this game. They had so many umpires' calls, and then, then they had one in the yeah. in the fourth. Mate, holding the was blowing up at lunchtime, yeah, yeah. And, like, and to the point where uh, the other guys like, oh, we might just leave that alone. He essentially was suggesting that uh, I can't remember the batsman or the batter was, but uh, there was a. There was the the first wicket where it was a nick behind Josh Butler didn't even yeah yeah, yeah 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 and yeah. Uh, and Holdings essentially said yeah. at lunch we'll get the uh, it's conspiracy get, theory stuff he does he goes I'm I'm not saying he nicked it and I'm just saying that there was a sound there yeah. it, it, it sounds technology could have been picks up sound could have been anything yeah. and the guys are just a- like Ian Ward goes well there's sinks and the guys they're supposed to be yeah. That's right. <laughs> 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 Holdings basically saying that they're yeah. just putting sound there as the ball yeah. goes past. NASA's next to him just going, well, he's fucking smashed it. Yeah. We didn't smash it, but, you know, that's what you're saying, cricket, isn't it? I like how we, we did celebrate Sky last week about them putting together a great package, Black Lives Matter. That, that's definitely true, great leadership there. Yeah. But, you know, let's not also celebrate, let's also think about this week where they had Rob Key batting, pretending to be Rahul Dravid because he played with him at Kent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Cricket's got a way to go. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're going yeah. on there. Yeah. They're going on. Yeah. Um, well done, England. 1-1. One, one. Mate, Australia are going to go over there, it seems. Also they say. Well, maybe yeah. in September. But they, they put together a tight 26-man squad yeah. for a four, four – I almost said four-test ODI series, which yeah. is interesting, a four-ODI series or some shit. Yeah. You excited for that? You excited? It's one of those say? squads where it's more notable for, for who misses out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 26 players in it. Yeah. And there's quite, there's quite some absolute It's embar- more embarrassing to miss it. I'll tell you who's missed out, Pez. Sean Marsh, Pete yeah. Hanscom, Coulton Isle. Don't know what he is yet. And Ashton Turner. They ain't in it. Well, and okay, so I don't mind it. Like I, I like Turner, no runs. Um, the other guys can kind of hit the bricks, you know. Like you've asked what a cool denial is. Yep. Hanscom's not passing the aesthetic test for us at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean Marsh has had a good go. He's had a go. Uh, but included, you know, Kawaja, Riley Meredith, Dan Sams, Josh Philippe, AJ Ty. Yep. Sams is levers, Meredith is wheels, Ty is tricks, you know, Philippe is promise. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the other one that we haven't spoken about is that Papi's back. Uh, a couple of workout clips, Dan, Dan Ricardo and Wait, stuff. When, when was he out? Oh, he got dropped, Yeah, he? he's dropped, yeah. yeah. Papi's right. back. Okay. Just slow, just quietly. Pop, they just introduced Papi back onto the scene, a couple of workout well. clips during lockdown. Yeah. Come back, please. Interesting, yeah. So, just congrats. Hang, wearing, on, hang on the right circles. Wearing the Canary Ricardo. Yeah, a couple of Red Bull advertisements. Into that. Papi, welcome back. Good to have you back. Well, hard to even know what this tour is about because they're talking about how Australia's going to help England by saving their summer. Because after this after, after this test, so the test series won all, then they played third test of um, the West Indies series, which starts on Friday, I believe it is. And then they play Pakistan almost straight away. Then they play Ireland. And so it's a little bit like, hmm, they haven't got the numbers there. Mm. 
So I think Australia's going to go over there to try and just keep all that money pulled together between Australia, India, and England. That's mm. that's where all the money should go forever. Just helping out. Just helping right. out, mates. Just a couple of mates helping Something out. Something to talk about there. Um, mate, the Big Bash uh, schedule got announced. They released the fixtures and stuff. This is on the back of um, the ICC. You, you tell me this morning the ICC have now officially confirmed that the World Cup's being postponed, the T20 World Cup's being postponed. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, was anybody was just, thinking yeah. that was going to happen? Yeah. Has, any, has anything ever meant less than the Big Bash schedule and fixtures being released? You're going through that like it's, you know, oh, when's fucking Tottenham away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when, when we play the Heat. Well, the major thing that came out of that was Chris Lynn uh, did a coward tweet and delete. Uh, so as soon really? as it came out, he, he well, you look, you know, I'm extrapolating, but he's, as soon as it came out, there was yeah. a tweet from him saying, the golden goose has been cooked again. Quick delete. But obviously, What's some, he talking about there? He's talking about the fixture, the fixture list. Yeah. Or some people in Melbourne say the fixture. And that's now, feel right. And, and that's Fixtures. what everyone says in, in, in cricket now. I oh, think that's an right. AFL thing. Hey, right. Yeah, that's all good. Um, this is what happens. Uh, yeah, so, no, because this has been going on for ages. It's now the longest Big Bash, and this is after yeah, years and years of, of many people saying it needs to be shorter yeah. for school holiday reasons and whatever. I'm, yeah. I can only guess that it's, you know, coronavirus. Let's just get yeah. as much of this in as possible. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. starting it earlier yeah. and finishing it at a time that people liked. I did like that, like cricket.com today, you said, like, you know, we've listened to the fans mm. and we've done the schedules. Like, but the fans yeah. said they wanted less. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. play, like, it's 14 yep, games double. per team. Players yeah. sort of wanted 10, but I don't know. There's, they probably need the money. It's all for it's all for the money and it's all because they don't know how much coronavirus is going to affect the big yeah. fashion. So that's, it's just, yeah. But it starts Insurance. after the first, te- like, it's, it's literally it after the first December. day of the test. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Into the big bash stuff. I don't know. At this point, so it's Smith like if they can get it going, out. it's good. If WJ Grace was around, he's pulling him out. He's going to play for the Sydney Sixers. That's right. Who's Billy Australia. Midwinter? Agar. <laughs> That's a great name. Agar. <laughs> um, well, mate, we've got a couple of bumper lineups um, on the show. A couple of bumper lineups on the yeah, show today. A couple of them. Um, we've got uh, Barney Rono, who we'll hear from in a moment's time, mm. and then we've got Josh Hazelwood and Sam Robson before hashtag ICDC. But before we get into that, we want to talk about Wisdom, our, our wonderful sponsor, who's jumped on board for us for this uh, UK summer, this northern summer. That's right. We want to talk about Wisdom Cricket Monthly. Now, there's a lot of you who will be listening to podcasts out there, perhaps getting your avocado at the supermarket, hopefully wearing gloves Wear and gloves. a mask and that kind of yes. stuff. Uh, gloves, that's not mandated, but mm. you, know, you may as well. Mm. Be safe. Joe Denley was running on with some bats for Ben Stokes yesterday, four bats wearing yeah. surgical gloves. Yeah. I've missed out on the 11, I'm 12th man, yeah. and and I must now wear blue gloves when yes. I do everything as well. Exactly, as yeah. drinks. You look good though yesterday. When you're, when, you're, when you're doing your shopping or whatever it is you're doing when you're doing your podcast, you don't want to say this publicly, but if you're someone who actually like, you know, really likes cricket, if you like, like cannot it, get enough yeah. of the code, but you never say of publicly. Course, don't, say, don't, don't say publicly. Don't do it publicly. Right? Um, barely admit it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Wisdom Cricket Monthly is yeah. for you. If, you. if you genuinely like cricket yeah. and you want enough, look, look, look at this, it's six issues a digital subscription. This is just issues. for our listeners. Yeah, that's right. £9.99 or $14.99 in Australia in a 100-page magazine um, every month, six months, mm-hmm. uh, six issues, I should say, really, um, compatible on all major devices. That's if you really like cricket. That's 100 pages, interviews, columnists, freelance writers, mm-hmm. informative features, in-depth analysis. For people who love cricket. They got good stuff this month as well. Yeah, Steve Smith interview. Yep. Um, yeah, there's plenty going on. You know, stuff about, you know, should Stokes be the next test captain? Mm-hmm. Uh, the world according to Jason Gillespie, you know, mm-hmm. who was on our last show. Friend of the show. Club cricket stuff. Profile on Stuart Broad by Derek Pringle. Great combination. If you love cricket, mm. Wisdom Cricket this Monthly is, is for you. Now, if you want that deal that I just said, bit.ly, bit.ly slash WCM grade. That's Wisdom Cricket Monthly grade. Bit.ly slash WCM grade. We're going to put something in the show notes about it. 100 pages every month. Mm-hmm. 
£1.67 if you love cricket. Don't tell people publicly that you love it this way. Just be cool about it. Look over people's shoulders, that kind of thing. Cricket and the family, whatever, I don't mind, but you do yeah. privately love it. Yep. Wisdom Cricket Monthly is the magazine for you. So much cricket. Barney Rone coming up. Barney Rone is the chief sports writer for The Guardian and he joins us for some reason um, <laughs> from his 13-year-old son's cricket match. Uh, Barney, first question, has your son's performance burnished or tarnished the Rone name today and will there be much chat uh, on the car ride home? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's an interesting. You joined me at an interesting moment. Uh, just standing on the boundary now, uh, half, half an hour ago, I, I retired my own thirteen-year-old son for slow scoring. So, had to be done. Had to be done. I opened the innings. We're playing the Rajasthan Royals who, um, on, a, on a sticky dog, sticky dog of a pitch. And uh, yeah, he, came, he, came, he took it well. Took it well. Came off, clattering himself on his own helmet with his glove, uh, straight into the changing rooms. I told him he can't go in there because of the COVID. Uh, <laughs> went down there. But, but, uh, I, I think I, I honestly think with with about thirty years worth of therapy, we can probably get through this moment. We'll, we'll be okay. That's a big moment. What a start! I remember my dad retired me, and that's a point I still remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's funny to talk about slow scoring, Barney. Like uh, for Australians, right or wrong, like unless you're Alan Border, like anyone that consistently graphs and innings will be regarded with suspicion, you know, from cradle to grave. Yeah. Um, but a couple of days ago, Dom Sibley hit his maiden ton off what can only be described as a thousand balls. Uh, can you help us understand the cultural relationship England has with dower openers? Like what what place do they occupy in the psyche? Like what is a Dom Sibley? Yeah, I mean he, that is a really interesting situation. I always feel like with Sibley, it's become, it's like a brilliant piece of performance art. It's like a parody of Test Cricket. Like this is what happens in Test Cricket. You bat for hours and hours, and we're going to discover he's actually a, com- a comedian uh, playing some kind of living living prank on Test Cricket. But I mean, I, I actually love him. I think he's great. I love his lead. I love the way he just stands there. He literally stands there completely unmoved. It's like nothing has happened. The ball just goes, and it's gone. It's dead to him. Uh, but I mean, it's difficult. They, it's such a, it's a response to the fact that his top order was was pretty brittle, and you know, you go from Jason Roy to, to Dom Sibley. They actually both went to the same school, mm. but, um, not quite at the same time, and emerged as two completely different characters. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I loved watching it. I'm big fan. I still can't quite get my head around the fact that he's not left-handed though. It's a right-handed nuggety blocker. Yeah, See, it seems odd to me, but you know, you let that go. Yeah, it's like if Graham Smith was right-handed. Than Dom Sibley or something like that. Yeah, yeah as they cook, you know, they should be awkward and falling, head always falling over, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. some reason, he's right-handed. But obviously, it obviously is a team of characters, as you were saying, because, you know, let's, let's talk about Jofra and what on earth was going on there. I mean, it, has there been any fallout yet? Is it too soon? His, his apology was quite sincere, it seems. He was extremely sorry for, you know, the situation he found himself in. And, you know, it, like, what's the, what's the kind of sense, what's the reaction, I suppose, as, as I'm looking for since then? Well, you know, because there has to be a reaction to everything, mm, of course. there has, of course, been a reaction. It's a real shame that it was him. It's yeah. just a real shame because it's immediately become this kind of culture wars thing, like everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, the, every, every, everyone's comment on social media has some kind of subtext. So yeah. you, if, you, if you say, well, you know, it's all very harsh, he's being slightly overpunished, you're being sort of lenient, liberal kind of, hey, you know, there, there, there's an element of microaggression in this. Whereas there's a whole load of guys with flags in their Twitter icon. You think he's let everyone down. He's a moron. He's yeah. been punished forever. Yeah. But of course, the truth is somewhere else. He's, 
thing, thing with Joffrey is he it wasn't a huge mistake it was a pretty silly mistake it's not it's, 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 it's clearly a bit of a brain fake um, I, I do think there's been a few occasions like this with him there's, there's been some silly little things there's a famous incident where he was seen in the dressing room eating a Mars bar and rounded on by the other players urging him to eat the energy gels instead and things like that are kind of held up as some sort of lack of professionalism or something I sort of see it another way in that he, he's not come through that all of these players have been through county age group systems since the, the age of nine. You know, they've been processed through this kind of boot camp where you're taught exactly what to do. He didn't go through that. He emerged a different way. He's kind of, in many ways, a sort of slightly more self-taught cricketer. So maybe things like that haven't been drilled into him in the same way. But to me, that makes him not less disciplined, but more disciplined. He's got to the same place mm-hmm. as Joe Root, who's been essentially an England player since the age of 12, mm-hmm. on the strength of his own talent, his own determination. Yeah. And yet, when you get these little incidents like this, where he's perhaps not had the same team culture mentality, must do exactly what's told all the time, he's portrayed as some sort of wild man uh, just for going back to his flat. Um, it is difficult. But I think he's probably been punished about the right degree uh, but it's the kind of thing you have to be really careful how you talk about it a couple of comments from Ashley Giles were picked up where he said this is potentially a disaster this could cost us millions but around that he did actually say some more sensible things about you know it's a small mistake he's, he's learning you know it's fine so he's actually kind of careful with how you take it because it does tend to bring out the worst in people um, and, and yeah people take a position um, yeah. and it's just a shame it was, it, it was Joffrey who did this and not, not someone else just to keep going on that, if you would, Barney, like uh, there always seems to be a parry and thrust with him when it comes to getting the best out of him, like a reaction, then another reaction. You know, they, they changed the rules to get him in England. He nailed the World Cup. He knocked Steve Smith out. Then he sort of struggled at Old Trafford, then struggled in New Zealand, then took fire from South Africa, got injured. You know, then Root said he needed to bowl 90 miles an hour more often. Uh, then this transgression where they sort of nailed him straight away and then they pivot quickly. Like, do, do you think... England gets Archer? Do you think they're getting better at, at, at working with him? No, no I, don't, I don't think they get him at all. Um, I don't think they get him as a bloke. Uh, I think he's just a little bit different to the kind of processed county cricketers that a lot of the people in that, in that bubble are used to being around. I don't think they get him as a fast bowler. I don't think England's ever really got fast bowlers. Uh, you know, the same kind of English cricketer that fits the mould. So I don't think they really knew how to use him at all. I don't think they understood the way he bowls fast either. The, the way he works physically is maybe slightly different to, to quite a few bowlers they've had in the past. And so the, the reaction on all sides is kind of overblown. I also don't think we really know how good he is. I mean, how good is he really? It's not, his record's pretty good. He's doing okay. He's bowled some really good spells. But for those who support him, there's a temptation to make out that he's Michael Holding in his pomp. You know, he's, not, he's learning. He's pretty raw in lots of ways. Uh, and he doesn't always bowl fast. Quite often he was he was bowling the same speed as Stuart Broad in the last mm. uh, Test match. Mm. Um, I think there's general confusion on all sides, and I almost feel like if you could just not if you just just um, if he, if he wasn't you know from Barbados wearing a last gold chain and already tarred with this kind of uh, set of assumptions on both sides, we'd be able to assess him a bit more clearly. Mm. It's brought all sorts of fault lines in English cricket. Uh, I mean, I, I just really don't know where it's going to head from here. It seems like we're in one of those stories where a guy just keeps getting into scrapes. It's, it already feels a little bit like it's evolving before our eyes. Mm. Barney, where do you think this England team is at in terms of their, their cycle, their sort of progression? Like, you look, you look at the bowlers, and it's a great squad. It's a great you know, strength and depth there. 
you know, you've got Sibley and Burns at the top, relatively stable partnership. You've got Joe Root and you've got Stokes and you've got Ollie Pope coming through. Then you've got, you've got a couple of little spots there maybe in terms of who's going to bat number three or whatever. But, you know, it's, 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 I feel like it's close. It's, it's not quite there, but it's close. Like, where, where, where do you think they're at? I think they're kind of okay. Yeah. But they're sort of okay in a way that could kind of fall apart quite quickly on a really flat pitch on an incredibly hot day. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the spinning. I think he's actually any good. I don't really know. He seems like a good lad. Mm. And he's got some bits yeah. of his action seem quite good. But um, I actually heard Monty on um, on your podcast the other day talking about him. Mm. And it was kind of revealing how he basically talked about him as a batsman who bowls a little yeah, bit of yeah, spin. Yeah, well, there was a bit going there as well. Yeah, and you kind of thought, oh, right, okay, that's faint praise, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> He's England's number one spinner right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you just don't know how that, that could work out. Plus, you know, Anderson, pretty old now. Um, mm. Get rid of him. Even Chris Wokes is pretty old now. I don't, you say the bowling group's very good, but there's not a huge amount of, uh, a huge amount of experience depth there. I, I don't know. Um, it really depends what they're trying to do. You can see what they're trying to do. I mean, they came to Australia last time with, uh, Tom Curran and Overton in the team so they're trying to say we, we need to be ready for this tour which isn't happening for two years yeah. and, and, and bowling the quickest bowlers killing them on dead English pitches yeah. I'm really not sure I think it could go either way I really do mm. Um, just finally, Barney, I was hoping for a comment on Ian Botham's going back a little bit, um, who it appears may be given a peerage and entrance into the House of Lords. Um, Boris apparently reported, uh, re- rewarding his support of Brexit. So Botham since said he couldn't possibly comment. Um, so, so over here, there's a, I think there's a generational issue with Botham. Like older people recognise his swashbuckling majesty, the fact that he's a genuine goat. Younger people mainly know him from his appearance on Open to Question in 1986, saying things like, people don't realise there are more deer in this country now than there were in the days of Henry VIII. Fact. <laughs> do, you, do you think both of them will make a good yeah. lord? Fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's um, you, you wonder what he's possibly going to offer the kind of democratic or undemocratic administration of, of the nation. I mean, what... what, what I do wonder that. He's, you know, he's famous for seeing in, seeing in the... If you ever ask him a question or have a discussion with him where he doesn't really know the answers, he'll, he'll turn around and say, well, how many test wickets have you got then? Um, and that's his kind of... That's his, his notorious kind of answer to everything. You wonder how that's going to play out in the House of Lords in debate, you know, when he's stumped by... Whoever, whoever he's trying to sort of battle of wits with over some issue has absolutely no... You can always fall back on the fact that he undoubtedly has more test wickets yeah. than anyone else in either houses of parliament. Which is something. <laughs> How many Ashes series are named after you? Uh, yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> Barney... <laughs> We should uh, we should let you go because you've got some um, therapy. Uh, yeah some therapy to get to with your son, uh, but no doubt you've made the correct decision. Um, go easy on him and uh, maybe buy him that cricket bat you said you would. Oh, I'm sorry about my own dad. Um, thanks anyway, Barney. All right, cheers, guys. Pezza, we've said this most weeks, but none of this would be possible without our good friends, Budgie Smuggler, Budgie Smuggler UK Custom Smugglers. That's yeah. the play. That's what we're talking about here, custom smugglers. No better time to sort out some custom smugglers and, you know, at what better opportunity are you going to talk about smuggling than perhaps, for instance, you know, maybe Joffre. Yeah, put your own design on those smugglers. And the, the, the great smuggle this week was, the great without, smuggle. was without Joffre escaping a bubble boy uh, life. One of the all-time great smuggles. smugglers. So, so maybe, you, maybe you're like a, an image of a bubble and Joffre outside of that escaping it somehow. Yeah. Is he in a car? How did he get to and from? I don't think so, man. When I think of Joffre, I just think of like, 
great wheels, big smile, yeah. uh, Levers, gold, gold chain, rig. Just put that on the smuggler, get that in front of the pegs. Yeah, you'll be you'll be doing very well. <laughs> the greatest. That's just our suggestion for the custom smuggler this week. You can do anything. Just do what you want. You literally submit your own design. They put it on there. We did that. Yeah, did quite well. Apparently, yeah, we yeah. just yeah we did some all time alphas. Yeah. What was the other one? Uh, great Australian rig. Great Australian rigs. Great Australian rigs. Speak of, yeah, well, I mean, he's not Australian. It's one of the great rigs, Jofra. Well, and he's just smuggled well, himself out of the bubble <laughs> and utilised that Mr. rig Mr. Test match. from all reports. Mr. Test Match, which he's extremely sorry for. Mm. And it wasn't Chris Jordan. It, that's another thing. On the back, you could just say that it wasn't Chris Jordan. Good point. Jofra on Here the front, go. it wasn't Chris Jordan on the back. There, there you, you go. go. On that take, 30 seconds. Mm. You can do whatever you like. Imagination's there. BuddySmugglerUK.com <laughs> All right, here goes. Well, um, this is probably an indulgent intro, so bear with me. But like, to kick off, I've got to say there's like, there's more than a hint of white whale about this interview. Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were lucky enough to film something with Cricket Australia that involves, you know, the trio of Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood, not in that order. Um, <laughs> on top of, top of realising that each of these guys were, you know, frighteningly enormous with yeah. uh, very thick features, which yeah. is neither here, here nor there. Thick like on the day, Josh Hazelwood was was great to be around. He made conversation with us, made us feel welcome. Like talking about London, Europe, you know, saying things out the side of his mouth, generally enjoying his company. Um, obviously, we took this to mean that he'd definitely join us on the cast soon after that. Yeah. Um, but we had about seven rejections uh, subsequently. Um, not as many as Greg Matthews, but enough. <laughs> um, so we started to think, Christ, we've obviously done something here uh, during the during that filming. So it was with a bit of shamelessness, like I asked New South Wales media manager again if, if, if Hoff was available, yeah. and to our surprise, they've made him available. So um, it's with great pleasure we finally welcome onto the show one of our great white whales, the prodigal country alpha himself, 195 test wickets at 25, Josh Reginald uh, Hazelwood. Josh, how, how are you? How you going? Good, good, good. <laughs> that was the most absurd intro. <laughs> yeah, silly. That I, was was absurd. Absurd. I warned you. I warned you. Yeah. The, uh, the country alpha. Yeah, the country alpha. Yeah, country yeah. alpha. I like it. Uh, Hoff, and I will call you Hoff if that's okay. Um, let's start with grade cricket. You came through at St George, the club of Bradman. Uh, how did it feel to come into a side with like Copeland and Enriques as a 16-year-old and know that you were already better than them? <laughs> um, it, felt good. it was good. I, I was starting playing a great deal of grade cricket, which I guess is, is one good thing because it means I'm playing the next level. But um, no, it was... It was good fun, actually. I mean, as you just mentioned, greats around the, around the club, but um, obviously Moses and Copes and, and even Graham Rummers was there as well. So, um, no, some good names. Um, mate, uh, like mo- we always start by asking how great cricket was, but you're a country boy that's mm. well known, um, and you go through a bit of a baptism of fire there before you even get into grade cricket. So you made your Tamworth first grade debut at the age of fourteen. <sighs> just tell us, uh, like, what does a fourteen year old remember about playing against like fully grown countrymen at that age, like both on the field and probably more important off the field in the sheds? Um, like, it has to have been eye opening, doesn't it? Uh, definitely, definitely. I'd say off the field, learned very quickly and learned very at a young age about uh, certain things, which was um, a bit eye opening. But um, oh, I think on the field, I, that's probably the most I've been squeezed in my whole career, I think, in some of the first grades, um, especially the 14 year olds. And as I was 17 or 18 before I left 
Um, there was very, very few sledges coming my way. So as I got quicker, the, the sledges got less, though, which is um, a good thing, I guess. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to, well, there's obviously heaps to dissect there. Yeah. First of all, they're just like sledging a 14 year old to make yeah. yourself feel better about yourself. <laughs> obviously, it's the well known traits. But like, I mean, how quick were you at 14? I mean, we had, we had a bit of a tip off that you bowled as quick as you do now when you were 16, which is scary <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people, not me, but because yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, have to I, face I, it. I now, so. <laughs> <laughs> but like at 14, were you, were you scaring people? Um, oh, well, in, in first game, there's still a couple of guys from over 55, you know, pushing 60, so hopefully they were scared. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, certainly, I think it's a big thing. I was um, hopefully starting to frighten a few guys, but um, mm. the odd second guy there, who obviously knows, as, as a wedding happens, and the odd second guy gets the call up, and, um, yeah, hopefully he was frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just like sticking with the country cricket for a sec, uh, this is a story that was told last year, but you played a, a country game with your elder brother Aaron last year, and I just sort of have a question: like, despite the fact he took he took nine for eighteen in that game off twenty overs, given you're a bowler who who played that game as a bat, do you feel bad that you still managed to out for him? <laughs> he, um, yeah, he dominated that game. Um, I was lucky enough to play a game, and um, as you said, I can tell us it was, it was good fun. It was uh, very relaxed, honestly. Pretty busy the night before um, the whole team, so that's just the usual training session. And then, um, yeah, he, he proceeded to take nine for eight, as you said. I think he had the 10th guy playing all the W, given not out. So, um, unlike my brothers, he could be on for his phone, but that's exactly what happened. And um, <laughs> I think he took six or seven in the second innings as well. Oh, my God. Oh, my um, God. He's really out to funny, impress in that game. The funny, yeah. the funny thing was, I offered um, to slip, and then by the end of the game, I was sort of two and a half, and there was no first or third as they usually got the catches, so he was happy I was back there to hang on to him. <laughs> <laughs> Did he feel the pressure to take 15 wickets in that game because you yeah. turned up in your baggy green? Yeah. Like, what was the, what was the, what's the, it's an amazing day out, he's taking ninth and then six or seven in, this, yeah. in the second innings as well, incredible. I mean, you played as a bat that game, I mean, I was having a look at your stats before, I was actually surprised that you haven't got a, a test 50 yet, I mean, can we look forward to some Hazelwood runs in the future? Uh, I, so. I, I, I came out with a flow actually. I got a couple of thirties early on, and I don't mm. think I've got past ten in the last couple of years. So um, it can only go one way, hopefully. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> well, so. Especially playing yeah, those Tamworth decks can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking uh, of, um, obviously, it's you know coronavirus around the world at the moment, and sort of people putting their foot up, putting their feet up. I'm looking at guys like, especially the batsmen. You know, on Instagram at the moment, just itching for a hit. Ball machines, you know, Marnus is in the backyard, just playing backyard cricket oh, yeah. endlessly. Finchie's like shadow batting in the, yeah. Finchie, my mate Finchie's yeah. shadow batting in the in the corridors. Like, I mean, given that, you know, bowlers can only bowl 6.4 overs at training every second blue moon, um, you know, like, are, are, you, are you just enjoying just time off not bowling, which is just the worst thing for your body? Yeah, it's, um, it's been great. So those 6.4 overs every blue moon have been fantastic. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't find any of us posting um, Instagram posts of us. No, exactly. Down the net, so, yeah. um, for good reason. So we'll just save them for the games, hopefully. Mm. It's, it's funny you mention uh, Instagram, Hoff. Like, uh, you're, you're a guy who famously shuns the, f- the fetid sewer of social media. Like, I just want to know, like, do you ever wake up and think to yourself, oh, I've made a massive mistake here? Like, I wish I knew more about memes and woke scolding and cancel culture? <laughs> Um, not not really, no. I think no. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in enough WhatsApp groups that I get all the good stuff without all the bad, so I just put my own filter. But 
<laughs> sort of like getting born into the professional realm now, obviously going from, you know, Tamworth to grade to, you know, your test career now. Yeah. And and I'd imagine... Skip that, New South Wales, yeah. which you pretty much did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he played. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, yeah, St. George into, into the Aussie side. No, but um, I'd imagine... I think it's in the <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll come on to Camo in a second. Mm. But... Um, you know, like I'd imagine that winning the or retaining the Ashes last year, uh, you know, you taking the final wicket of uh, Craig Overton, LBW at Old Trafford, one of the most iconic moments in Australian mm. cricket history last few years. But something that's sort of slipped under the radar somehow is that Tim Payne has literally said that the moments before he literally shit himself. Yeah. And that just has not been spoken about. And I need to get more insight about the circumstances surrounding it, what yeah. the boy, like how he told the boys afterwards. Because it was reported. It was reported. Uh, and then everyone just sort of forgot about like, oh, yeah, yeah no, you oh, can't, that so that's a normal thing. Yeah, at Old Trafford always yeah. happens there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, um, obviously it was going right at the end there. Mm. Just after Payne, he admitted he, he shit himself. But at, at the time, he only said he, he pissed himself. So I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. But I was not going to stop my life. Because the last over, I was pretty certain it was number two because I could, I could smell it. And he couldn't say nothing to do. It is just a new blowing marker. so disgusting. <laughs> I like how you said like, know, like, I, like, like I, I only thought he pissed himself Oh that's normal as well <laughs> no, Another normal thing Yeah yeah oh, That's fine For a week ever, maybe Yeah <laughs> um, just, just on that Maybe a little bit more serious But this is just in relation to the um, the, U, the the series in the UK Going on at the moment um, Like rotation It's been a long part of Thinking with teams But usually on the shorter formats But like we recently saw um, Okay as we go to where Stuart Broad was axed for England's first, te- first test, maybe to rest his body, maybe an eye on the future. You, you were rested before the first test to the Ashes, then you'd play the next four, take 20 wickets at 21. Like, do you have a view on the philosophy of resting? Like, should teams pick the best available team on the day, or, or do you think some test matches are more important than others? Um, no, I think probably in both those cases, I'd say, probably myself about both groups, I'd say. Um, I wouldn't say I was rested at the first test. I think probably I was coming off not much cricket. Would you have fancied a rest last year when Pajara was batting for like 15 <laughs> days in a row? Did you think about maybe putting the hills up? <laughs> Yeah, we'd have, um, we'd have loved the rest of them, actually. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah, you... in Adelaide when it was 45. <laughs> 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 Are you looking forward to seeing, you know, the Indians come back this year? Well, fingers crossed, anyway. Um, Indians coming back this year and the rest of the scaredy bats, as, as reported, uh, last year, but especially Bajari. You must be looking forward to having another go at, you know, um, winning this series this time, especially with um, with Dave and Steve back. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a totally different-looking lineup. to be honest. Um, we've got a few batters out and then... Everyone, I was just speaking of the quicks in the Aussie side, like everyone knows that you're a package deal with Stark and Cummins, like you, you can only be referred to as a trio. <laughs> uh, I've noticed lately that they've been working on their individual brands. Like, you know, Cummins is obviously the face of everything and uh. the Starks were recently featured in Good Weekends dressed in whites on a tractor or something. Uh, like, now that it's every man for himself, I'm just wondering what plans you have to build your own personal profile in the media. Um, no, I'm happy. Just 
um, you know, I take free things when they come, but social media is probably a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, I take the free sticks from Gum and Golf. There's a bloke. So <laughs> sticks from Gum and Golf. Simple man. I, I just want to know, like, uh, like, like you're, you're a guy from the country, That's that kind of is your brand, but mm. then a few months ago... Cummins is out, you know, in, in all sorts of media with, like, country boy photo shoots from his property in the Southern Highlands. Like, mm. do you think he, he pulled it off or did it mm. offend you that a man from Mount Riverview in the Blue Mountains appropriated country culture for, mm. for his own commercial game? <laughs> um, yeah, when that when um, came to light, there was a fair bit of speaking going on in the WhatsApp group, that's for sure. You know, um, a team of physio got stuck in and then I jumped on the back of that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's like, because no one really knows what what Josh Hazelwood sledging sounds like, apart mm. from that New Zealand game a few years ago, <laughs> which was funny. But um, who was the third? Yeah, who was that guy? Was like, yeah, he's on the line now. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, what the, like, uh, you don't want to give up what's in the WhatsApp thread. Obviously, that's a you know cardinal sin if you did that. But yeah. like, what, what does a Josh Hazelwood sledge to Pat Cohen sound like? You know, what do you, you, you'd have no problems heaping shit on him, I presume. Mm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely about all the. Obviously, all the roles he's playing in getting free stuff, that's probably the main thing. Um, <laughs> obviously, the farm stuff is just touched on where it's, you know, he's got a property he visits once every blue moon and, and does no work on. So, um, yeah, having <laughs> Quietly seething about that. That's right. Never worry, Dane. He's like softest hands in, in the, in, on, on the farm, Pat Cummins, yeah. Well, uh, what, about, uh, what about when uh, New South Wales obviously received the shield last week? Um, and uh, all the international players pose for the photo with the shield on the upper deck of the members, and then all the rest of the players slash fringe grade players were on the bottom deck. Yeah. And on top of that, Steve Smith just posted a photo of the international players on the top deck on, top on his deck. Instagram. Like, yeah. How is that arranged? Can you just get, run us through like the person who said, listen, if mm. you've played 20 tests plus, yeah, yeah. head up to the top deck yeah. of the ladies yeah. or the members or whatever yeah. it was, well, yeah. Well, actually, um, I actually couldn't make it because I only found it a couple of days out. I already had... Um, Prior booking, so um, I couldn't make it. But yeah, I saw that photo. I saw that photo, and you know the five other guys up the top. Um, I'm not sure Paddy even played a game last year. Probably not. He might have played one. I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's a good time. <laughs> well, it's a good time. <laughs> and they should always remember where they're from. Yeah. Uh, Josh, Thank mate, thanks for enduring that, Josh. Uh, Great to chat with you. Great to finally chat with this white whale. I don't know if we did anything a few years ago that kind of uh, turned you off it, but, uh, but I hope today's, uh, you know, made it okay and we'd, we'd love to chat with you again at some time soon, maybe in three or four years' time. That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you in, in 2030 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Dad? Yep? Are you proud of me? <laughs> no. Do you like my TikToks? No, and no one else does either. So you're not even fun and funny? No. Uh, I can't think of a bloke that's better traversed the Australian and English club professional international cricket scene. Uh, his dad, Jim's essentially the king of the SCG. He came through New South Wales 19s, Australia 19s, very young debutant in first grade. Then a couple of years later, he's opening the batting for England, a ton in his second match. Goes on to score 9,750 first-class runs, 23 tons, 3950s with Middlesex still going. Um, playing a bit for East in Sydney when he can get home. Um, I'm sure he won't appreciate his career being so carelessly summarised like that. But either way, um, it's our pleasure to welcome Sam Robson onto the great cricketer. G'day, Sam. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Um, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, lovely, lovely intro. Nice one. Um, mate, we won't, like, uh, start with tedious conversations about nationality, etc. but, like, 
you know, surely grade cricket occupies a big place in your heart. You know, what, like, what, what, what's your relationship to what many call Sydney Test cricket? Sydney Test cricket. Um, yeah, as you said there, probably just my old man originally. Um, yeah, he played played very seriously from about the age of 20 to about the age of 65, I think. Um, so, no, he played all his played all his life. Um, he was from the country originally, but then moved to, moved to Sydney when he was 18 or 19 and played for University of New South Wales. And then, um, and then yeah, he kept playing lower grades until he was old. Um, so, yeah, I played with him as a, as a young boy myself. I think when I was about 14, I played played fifth grade with Dad, so that was an experience in itself. Um, yeah, getting changed around nude... 50-year-old bloke as a 14-year-old. Um, I don't know if that would be legal today. Actually, I did my level two coaching course last week, and that was definitely a no-no. So, um, That's part of the course yeah, now. Things weren't quite, yeah, things weren't as serious about those sort of things 15 years ago. But, yeah, so I, I did that. And then, um, then as you said, yeah, worked my way up and, yeah, played, started playing first grade quite young when I was 16, 17. And then, um, yeah, moved to, moved to England when I was 18. My mother's family are... Uh, are, um, are all English, so I've had the British passport there, and, um, and then, yeah, that was it. So I've been here since 18, but I've, yeah, I love playing great cricket. I still go back and play for East um, when I can, as much as I can. It um, gets a bit harder now, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I do love it, and I still still follow it closely and everything, and I've got a lot of good mates from, um, from great cricket and a lot of sort of good stories and good memories. So, yeah, no, it's it's been good fun. Obviously, um, East, well, obviously, a lot of people wouldn't know that East Blue blue um, blue helmets, blue badges, that sort of thing, and just thinking, you could actually wear your England lid yeah. playing for East. I hadn't thought for that to just send. Are you doing that? Yeah. Training. How often are you doing that? Yeah, I actually, I, I actually do. I wear my England Lions lid, um, which has yeah. red the red lines underneath, but Perfect. yeah, I tape it up, and I, I, I colour it in, in black pen, the, the tape, instead of it sort of being the white tape. Um, I kind of look modest, but I do. I like, I like you, you, know, the, you know, I like people to realise that there is a bit of tape there um, and yeah but um, yeah no that's that's a good point yeah I've never worn the main test helmet but um yeah, I, I should I should wear the main test helmet because it's pretty new. It didn't. It only wore it about ten or eleven innings, so I should have I should wear that one. But um, but yeah. Well, that's obviously what someone would sledge you with They're from second slip at you know Bankstown away or something. Yeah, so mate, this this bloke only batted twelve times in test matches. <laughs> um, uh, absolutely. Yeah, like I wonder like how you know English people in, into the professional setup regard grade cricket because it's pretty. Relatively well, it's a relatively famous competition, I suppose, heralded in some capacities, mainly <laughs> mainly because uh, this is the great cricketer podcast, and I'm saying it like that. But like you know, in in this current um, in this current test lineup, there's Denley who played um, he played for Balmain, and um, Dom Sibley played over in Perth a couple of years ago. I mean, so there's still people like coming over, you know, who succeed in cricket, who started in great cricket. I mean, is it, is it still regarded highly in the UK? Do you, do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. I think I think it is. Um, yeah, I think it's probably probably changed a little bit. I think mm. probably in general, guys have done a little bit better when they've when they've come over in recent times. I know even speaking to my to my father and whatever when he has a few beers, you know, they'll they'll bring up old test players and whatever, and they'll say how how awful they were and they should have been in third grade because they got three wickets at seventy five and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably still happens occasionally, but. Um, but yeah, I think most of the county players have gone out and done pretty well. And I know in places like Sydney the last years, and um, that's probably helped, helped help their reputation in general. But they, mm. they do, you know, it is highly regarded. It's 
it's obviously you know it's very good cricket and um, and it's better than better than sitting in a cold flat in England in December and January. So that's um, yeah. that's why most guys go out. I think, but there's definitely a little bit of um, there's a little bit of angst there. I've tried a few times to get Stephen Finn. Um, who obviously played thirty or forty Test matches for England. I've mm. told him a few times to try and come and play for East because um, he's a good friend as well. And I just think he just can't get his head around it. Just the idea of running into bowl on a Tuesday and a Thursday with a fourth and fifth grader taking it more seriously than him in the next net. He just can't get his head around that. And um, it is horrifying for him. I've tried to explain to him that, um, and, you know, Stephen, he's just come through the system here. He's sort of played for him. And I don't think he's played a club game since the age of 16. So I tried to explain to him that it is good fun. Um, the bars in Bondi and the eastern suburbs, they're good. Mm. They're beautiful women. The beaches are beautiful. Mm. You've only got to have one bowl each Saturday. Um, but the thought that a club player could actually smash him all over the place is just too terrifying for him. And I have, still haven't been able to get him out there to this day. So it, it is highly regarded. There's no doubt about it. Hey, speaking of, uh, I just want to sort of fast forward to the test stuff happening at the moment and like Aussies conversely not being able to wrap their heads around things. Like, uh, I just want to read you an opening line from Fox Sports Australia today about Dom Sibley, who literally just scored 100 for England. Um, Here's the line. He has an ugly stance, scores almost exclusively through the leg side, and is unlikely to get the crowd off their feet. But England just might have found an opener to take on Australia next summer. Like, you'd be in a good position to answer this at all levels. Like, Like, why are Australians offended by anything that doesn't look pure and symmetrical and good? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it's. I've only read a little bit, a few of your, you know, a little bit of your books. But yeah, there's a little bit of talk about the, all the egos and, and the, the rigs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's a good bloke, Dom, and he's a good player. But yeah, it is very boring. Like there's no doubt about it. I watched, I watched the other day for half an hour, and um, you had Ben Stokes at one end, and then um, and Dom at the other. But um, yeah, I don't know. He's just—he's got a lot of runs the last year and a half. He's got his own style, and um, and he's and he's got it all worked out. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how the guys goes and over the next couple of years. I think he's in a bit of a funny place, really. That's a few really sort of world class players, Joe Root and Ben Stokes and guys like that, and obviously Archer um, when he's when he's not when he's playing and not driving here, there, and everywhere. I don't know. I don't know why he would be driving all over the place. Oh, I but yeah, but then they've got other new. Just catching up with a mate. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he was going to see dog actually in Brighton just for forty minutes. Um, yeah, it wasn't um, Chris Jordan. It was all about that clarification. Give the dog a pat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how they go, England, because yeah, as you said, in a month those sort of world class players have got guys that are starting out and and Anderson Broad coming to the end. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens next couple of years. I think we've, we've spoken previously um, about this, but like you, you've been in a good position as well to talk about like just the like how how cutthroat Test cricket is. Like you, you obviously scored a hundred in your second Test, and I remember you speaking about you know you had an opportunity against India where it was a flat wicket and you know the ball wasn't really seeming much at all, and you know you, you didn't you didn't make most of that opportunity. And you know I, I see you know Rory Burns and Sibley they're they're kind of they're relatively stable in that position, but you know every time you go out to bat is essentially it could be your last game. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, for me, I don't sort of look back on it and, um, you know, look, look back on it as a failure or anything like that, really. I sort of 
you know, I did did modest in my first few test matches and then, then didn't do well enough. But, um, mm. yeah, it is. I think, especially in England, you've got, well, all over the place, Australia and, and wherever else you've got the media. I, I do definitely think here probably the media with more newspapers and more probably more journalists trying to outdo each other, but definitely the media, the media stuff is a big challenge. Um, there's no doubt about that. But, yeah, it does. It, it can all happen so quickly. I, I know myself, you, did, you mentioned there, against India. I think we might have mentioned that having a beer a few years ago. I, um, you know, I, I started pretty well. I got knocked over in my first test match. And then in the second second one, I got 130 against Sri Lanka. I was actually 127, but I'll round that up. Um, <laughs> so that was against Sri Lanka. And then, um, and then, yeah, we had a great night after the test match in a booth with all the, all the boys. And I just thought life, life doesn't get any better than this. And I actually thought life, life doesn't get any and this again a few days later when I was facing yeah it was a flat wicket Stuart Binney was bowling um, medium pace with MS Dhoni up to the wicket it was packed Trent Bridge crowd I looked around and I thought this this can't get any better This I could be batting at Trumper Park in third grade facing this bloke short fat not moving him around it's, it's so it was literally like batting in the middle net at Waverley um, and I thought this is amazing but then yeah that was a draw and the next few games were green tops Randerson abroad and I was yeah I was playing at um playing at Benson's Lane in 50-degree heat four months later. So it is. It, it, was a rude, it was a rude shock, but it can change quickly, I think. Um, even Rory Burns, you know, he did, he did well last summer um, in the Ashes and whatever, but then he got injured in South Africa in the winter and then, um, you know, and it, it all changes quickly. So, um, yeah, it does it all. It can all move fast there's no doubt about that yeah there's um there's only two things that make me cry and this is a weird way to start a question but stay with me here it's like it's it's sportsmen achieving their dreams <laughs> and soldiers coming home from war seeing family members youtube clips youtube clips yeah. that, 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 those are two things that hit me and i was just sort of like looking at the stats today and thinking about your career you know just looking at it look staring into the middle distance thinking about sam robinson's career and i was just kind of thinking about like, like what is that like, what's the moment? Like you've, you've actually achieved the greatest thing that you can achieve in the game is a hundred in Test match cricket. Like, do, is it a thing where you hit the hundredth run and you just like this overwhelming sense of achievement or pride, or, or, or is it kind of like, no, I just want to keep batting now? Just double up, it, it, double. Yeah, you start again. You mark center. Yeah, someone yells that double up. Start again. Is it that, or is it kind of like do you, do you look back at it a few years later, or, or you still haven't got there yet, and think about fuck, that was actually a pretty cool thing that happened. Yeah, a bit of both, I think. Um, yeah, a bit of both. I think for me, it's, yeah, I think the unusual thing for me was obviously I played, got my opportunity to play when I was 24, um, and then it was one summer, and then and then sort of that was it. I got dropped, and I went on a couple of eight tours after that, and sort of been in the loop a couple of times. But um, but but then that's it so far. So I've just turned 31 last week. So I'm, I suppose you're always thinking, you know or sportsmen and you know when you're a professional well you've got to be thinking that you, you know you can keep getting better I think a lot of the guys that I played with Chris Rogers and um, even guys like Andrew Strauss and Adam Boges and blokes I played with a lot at Middlesex Bay you know they were all probably playing their best into their 30s and you know guys like Rogers and Boges case probably their best in their mid yeah. and maybe even late 30s so you, I suppose you hope that you keep getting better and you, you keep improving um, I also think like selection and um, and things like that. It's all, it's all a bit of timing as well. You know, I probably don't, I probably think I'm really, I'm probably a better player now than what I was when I got my opportunity, but, um, but that's life. That's just how it goes. So yeah, hopefully I can keep playing well here for another few years and, um, and see how we, how we go. My girlfriend's Australian, so I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but 
we might be back to Australia. So maybe, yeah, four, four, five, six more years of county cricket, mm. maybe play for England again. And um, mm. maybe one one final year as a county player being really bitter and cynical and resentful and then um, <laughs> then retire and go and play fourth grade till the age of 55. <laughs> that would probably be the fairy tale ending. Oh, for so, dollar yeah, run. There we go. Fairy tale ending. Yeah, fairy tale. Dollar, dollar run in fourth yeah. grade. Fuck, that's good work if you can get it. I think it's funny. I mean, there's like, like, you know, a lot of the guys who open the batting in England, I think it, opposition and play like, and players who play for England average pretty much between 20 and 30. Anyway, so like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if expectations are out of whack about how guys are meant to play there. Um, on a completely separate note, Sam, I was just perusing the, the Ham and High uh, digital publication the other day, which as is my want, and um, I, I noticed uh, you, you've been... Um, it's like a news day back there, <laughs> Ham and High. I don't think I even read that myself. It's a fair publication. Uh <laughs> You've been submitting essays for a degree in business and sports management, so I just wanted to know how that was going and, uh, and does COVID-19 make it a good time to invest? Uh, and if so, in what? Yeah, it's, um, it has. It's been a funny few months here, like everywhere in the world, but, um, yeah, probably here even more so, I suppose, back in Sydney. I've seen things moving, things are starting to move a bit here, obviously, but, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a slow few months. So, I, um, yeah, I didn't do much. I sort of, yeah, spent a, spent a bit of time trying to knock off some of that, that uni course which I'm doing, which is handy, and then um, yeah, just could have sort of Netflix and whatever. The um, the main thing I actually got up to was when my when my girlfriend was out. I normally tried to go into the room, lock the door, uh, make sure that the Wi-Fi was fast, and I um, I got Robble into tour. That was that was one of the that was that was sort of my joy my joy for the week. What's he um, go to? Yeah, what's he go Michael, to? What stuff are you looking at? There were a few. There were, I don't know whether it was Rob Moody. Or not, but one one that came to mind was a Today Tonight interview with Dean Jones from about the early nineties. <laughs> nice, <laughs> so good. Um, on yeah, which was quite interesting. It was four or five minutes about yeah why he wasn't picked in the Australian team and whatnot. That was everyone's that got was their own fetish, don't they? Later, Ed <laughs> they do, yeah, exactly. Private, that, private that, tab that's on mine at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, Dean Jones, early nineties, um, <laughs> and then yeah, Michael Slater, Edge Bast in two thousand and one. I thought was good. I think he got about eighty on the first day, and then <laughs> played a massive drive, massive drive. The next ball, first ball, the next morning he was out. That was um, yeah. yeah, that was entertaining as well. Yeah. Well, just speaking of what you have been up to, we had a, we had a, a DM come in and he said uh, it's from Daniel Daniel Roots. Uh, he said, "Can you please ask Sam Robson for clarity around this in the UK poppers <laughs> Daniel Roots last weekend?" Uh, it's an article for the Daily Mirror. Uh, London's Pax Soho district turns into one big street party. Um, it's just a big, f- big picture just, of just Sam Robson. Picture of Sam Robson in that shoulder, attached, yeah, shoulder yeah. to shoulder with a couple of pe- couple of yeah. party goes near the DJ yeah. um, during yes yeah, social distancing. We're just, seeking some, we're just seeking some clarity. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, look, it wasn't my finest hour. Um, my view initially was if Boris Johnson wants to sort of go out and revel and pump money back into the economy, then I'm more than happy to do that. I'm granted it wasn't a great look for social distancing during the global pandemic, but um, yeah, it was just one of those days we went into town. I think we went into Mayfair at the start and we had, well, it was supposed to be five or six beers and it turned into about 506. <laughs> and then, yeah, before you know it, I woke up the next morning with messages coming in um, and yeah, yeah, me next to a woman who I've, well, I've never seen in my life about, yeah. So that, that didn't go down great for a few hours, but I cleaned it up pretty quickly. So I think I got away with one there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I reckon yeah, you got away with it. The main, yeah, the, um, it is good though. That main street of Chinatown at the moment on a Saturday <laughs> night. Um, it's good. Who needs pubs open when you've got a local intersection and an off license? That's, 
that's the thing at the moment. So yeah. Oh, that note, Sam. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week. The great group, no doubt, we'll catch up with you uh, later on in the UK summer and beyond. Uh, all the best for Middlesex as well, and um, yeah, making sure you get that fairy tale ending in uh, fourth grade for a dollar a run. Absolutely brilliant. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for that. Cheers. Look good, play good, feel good. I guess me just whispering in their ears saying, get rarer. But realistically, I'm thinking from ball one, I just want to park this fucking thing into the car park. Look good, play good, feel good. at the Joel Wilson Institute. Look good, play good, feel good. Huzzah! Hashtag RCDC. I don't know I'm yelling at you. Uh, some good questions this week, but, mate, we didn't talk about the top of the show. Um, 3TC yeah. in South Africa. Solidarity. Catch, catch Oh, a little bit. I caught, caught a bit of like social commentary on it. I don't think we got it in Australia. There's a lot of people in England. I think it got the got some. Yeah, I saw it. saw some Twitter people in the UK. Had yeah. it. Can I just say that we should say at the top, like this match was for a good purpose. Yeah, it was. For, it was. I think it was mostly to raise funds and support for people, all professional cricketers in South Africa who had been affected by the virus. Right. There was heaps of other good stuff going on there in terms yeah. of like like important Black Lives Matter messages. Yeah, yeah the caveats. caveats After yeah. Blitzey said, all lives don't matter what Black Lives do. Abbe yeah. Davidia said the game uh, was about solidarity uh, in South Africa. Springsbok captain Francois Pina won the World Cup, obviously, was there. Nice. So he was kneeling next to Graham Smith and um, McKinnon and Teeny before the game. Yeah. CSA okay. officials wore armbands with Black Lives Matter on them, much better than wearing, you know, Sonny B. Williams face masks as an example. Yeah, yeah, but, fair um, enough, yep. you know. Um, Hell of a comparison there, wow. Fuller Quayo wore a Black Lives Matter t-shirt under his playing shirt. So there's yeah. like heap, good just stuff. Say, heaps of good stuff. Heaps of good stuff. What the fuck was it? <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't talk about it at the top of the show as we said that we would. I know people have been hanging out for this long yeah. just for our view on Solidarity yeah, Cup 3T cricket. Well, mm. uh, so Mark Nicholas is apparently like one of the brains, one of the great minds behind this new format. Um, is he? And he zoomed in before the game from all reports Okay, uh, just to explain the great simplicity of the rules here, things like there are now three teams. You know, people think yeah. about how do you make cricket better? Well, how do you make it better? Yeah, okay, More accessible. Okay, let's test our assumptions, you know. Yeah. You, you have two teams. How about three? You play in yeah. halves. There's eight players. The last man stands. There's a podium. There's a podium at the end. Why not six? Um, Sorry, I did enjoy. Like it got sledged a fair bit on Twitter. Just great, so, great place. It's different for it. Uh, Reddit stuff like that. Uh, I have enjoyed how many cricket fans have sledged it. The same fans that follow a game with four innings and has things called maidens, ducks, pauses for tea. Yeah, they scoff at how stupid these rules are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're a cricket fan by this point, you can't scoff at any stupidity Good when point. it comes to rules. Good point. Um, now the other one that Dave Tickner, friend of the show, mm-hmm. great Twitter presence mm-hmm. uh, in the UK, pointed out was, um, and we missed this footage, and I really want to see if you do have it. Please send it to us. Uh, apparently, at one point, Mackay and Teeny, who was commentating. Um, according to Dave Tickner, was laughing his cock clean off after his son <laughs> dropped a court and bowled off A.B. De Villiers. Uh, I really would give a lot for that footage. If anyone does have that footage, I'd like to hear Mackay and Tini laughing hysterically at his son mm. dropping a catch. That's and his the- cock coming off. <laughs> you got, if you got I love, mate, I laugh so hard that my penis fell off. <laughs> it's a tat- Everyone knows that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that can happen sometimes. A.B. De Villiers hit 61 and the Eagles won gold and everyone's on a podium at the end. Yeah, and there was fucking paraphernalia going on all sorts. There was some confetti. 
uh, there's a great image of um, ABD is holding holding the gold medal or trophy or whatever, and then mm. the guy at uh, Timber Bavuma, his kites, to Timber Bavuma's kites, that was the name of his team. He's looking at the, he's got a silver medal or trophy. Mm. He's just looking at it, he's like, what the fuck's this shit? <laughs> and then uh, Reza Hendricks, King, Kingfishers. Yeah, the Kingfishers, yeah. One, they took home the bronze. So, you know, yeah. everyone gets a prize, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, Pretty good. Don't know what it was, though. Yeah. It was sort of cricket, but I don't know what to make of any of it. Hashtag ICGC. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right, the first one comes in from Gabriel Thornton. Evening, fellas. I'm writing to you to ask your opinions on a very important matter. Mm. My brother, 22-year-old, and I, 20-year-old, have started our own cricket club based in Worcestershire, UK, called the Buffalo Barnstormers CC. Obviously, Rona has ruined the inaugural season majorly, but we are back and facing our first opponent tomorrow afternoon. Very exciting. I can't remember when this was written. Must be must have been recently. However, as the virus has slowed and closed majority of the businesses around the country for the last four months, we have no kit. So... Our only option is to wear a training garment we ordered before the lockdown. Training singlet style top with R pointing, uh, one of the names on the back. So he, he, sent, he sent an image, but obviously I can't. Pointing. R pointing. Pointing, yep. So it's a, it's a white training singlet. There was like some um, pattern on it. No, what are flames or some shit. Um, does this match... Does this match they wear make us the most village team in the history of village cricket or does it make us alpha males for showing off our stature and showing how fast we can bowl? Please let us know as it is very important to us. The name of the back of my jersey is a tribute to the great Australian captain and the lack of player name licensing on Brian Lara 08 on the PlayStation 2. Cheers, boys. Oh, that's, that's a pointing. That's, pointing a, that's a pointing bit, it. yep. Well, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel, mm-hmm. I don't know Gabe. how – Gabe, yeah. GT. I don't know how what you've done can be classed as anything other than village. The yeah. only caveat is if you guys have, you know, pipes and a back and a chest the size of – Yeah, the back's important. He goes. <laughs> if you've got oh, – don't keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I want to interrupt here. If you've got you, – you can only pull off a training singlet if you have wonderful biceps. Yeah. The fact that you say, Gabriel, Gabe – that uh, mm. it will show how fast we can bowl. I mean, I think mm. the fact that you've got pointing on the back and you're talking about <laughs> Brian Laro, it makes me yeah. think you don't bowl wheels. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's village unless you've got pipes. And, again, if you're playing Brian Laro 08 and Raymond Ponting, I don't think you do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you bowl fast. So, yes, I, I think it's village. I do not think it's alpha male. And then on top of that, you've written in twice, which is probably not Well, I think, like, uniforms can be, like, statement makers. I'm thinking, like, think of the Australian Opals, uh, you know, basketball, women's – Women's, women's female, women's female basketball jerseys circa like 96, 97, 98, that, that kind of thing, or like NBA shirts, like yeah. T-shirts instead of the singlet style, then oh, like yeah. the Victorian cricket team wearing shorts. That can also be a thing. But then, you know, some suggestions can be bad. Think like Set Blatter, you know, saying about women's, um, you know, the success of women's football would depend on tighter shorts. So there, <laughs> there can be bad opinions about that. I mean, but also sometimes art isn't appreciated, just like how recently the bloke, the council worker who scrubbed off the latest Banksy artwork on the tube, which was uh, quoted to be around about worth £8 million. It's just scrubbed, scrubbed off. off yeah. yeah, scrubbed it off. Um, but saying that, you know, if, Vandalism. if if I turned up to a match and 11 blokes are wearing a singlet, uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking runs. I'm thinking record-breaking runs and probably century circuit shop. Oh, I've got to say, if I'm turning up and I'm playing guys in singlets, I'm thinking these – these guys would want to be really good. They better be fucking good. Or, or super arrogant uh, in a yeah. lot of ways, mm. but the rig will give it away. Mm. Then I guess I'm thinking like if they're wearing training singlets and there's zero rig to them whatsoever, if we're talking about coat hangers or sort of skinny fat stuff, yeah. I'm thinking they're probably funny. Skinny fat. <laughs> it's going to be a nice day out. Yeah. No, but just funny. It's like I'm going to wear a training singlet. You're not that thinking like, fuck, these guys are in singlet. There's going to be wheels. Yeah. yeah. We're two helmets today. Two boxes. 
Tom Coll- thanks, Gabe. Uh, Tom Collier writes in hashtag RJC. Hey, champs. Mm-hmm. I thought you should know that Zach Crawley is the first ever Zach spelt any variation to play mm-hmm. test cricket for any nation. Okay. Thanks. Uh, this makes me question my safety with such millennial names coming through the system because I'm used to safe names like Steve, Ricky, Michael, and Shane. This would also mean the best players of the next generation will have names like Zach Zayden or, and this is Elon Musk's kid, um, XASHA12 Musk. <laughs> That's how you say it. We had to look up how to say it to, up, to read yeah. this question properly. Yeah. Though that would be okay because we would just call him Musky. <laughs> That's, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so basically my question is, do you think Usman Khawaja will ever play test cricket again? From Tom. <laughs> like how he signs it off. From Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Muskie is an interesting one because Grimes said it's pronounced X-A-I, but then Elon Musk also said it's X-Ash Archangel. Now, if, said a few, you said A-12 because he was talking about a train that he liked as well. Yeah. There's far, there's, well, yeah obviously going heaps on. going on. He's obviously endorsing Kanye West for 2020 and stuff, yeah. and that's a whole different situation. But I like the name. I like the idea of saying Bowler's name. X-Ash Archangel. Yeah. That's, that's wheels. Yeah. That's like wheels. So then I had a little, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole, Pez, and I found the Huffington Post article, which, as you know, is my Bible from 2017, of the most unusual names from that year. Yep. Uh, Tesla, 130 girls, 11 boys. 130 girls for Tesla. I'm into a female cricketer called Tesla. Yep. It's like Tessa. Fanta, Beretta, Maybelline, Evian, Halo, Om, and Amen. Amen, 75 boys, 55 girls. Amen. Mm. Amen's playing test cricket. Amen, that's not bad. Mm. Uh, Opening the batting with Fanta and Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a few of these, um, this is off the top of my head, but mm. um, my wife works at a hospital, yes. pediatrician, mm-hmm. and they come back with some, pediatrician working with kids, uh, come yeah. back with some pretty decent names for kids as yeah, well. So right. a couple off my head. Uh, so some people might have heard of this because some of these have got around, but mm. uh, first one I remember is... Um, so L-A hyphen A, what do you think that is? L-A hyphen A. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Ladasha. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> Absida. Good between the wickets. Absida, A-B-C-D-E. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Another yeah. one was- um, That's more of a middle name for me. And this is less kind of funny, um, but um, twins, twin boys. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. Steven. Yeah, okay. Yeah. When you said Steve, I think Mark straight away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's X what's, what's X Archangel? Yeah. X Ash Archangel. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. He's a quick. <laughs> <laughs> George Arrow. Hello, gentlemen. I'm a twenty seven year old female who loves cricket more than anything in the world. I have played myself for several years as a batsman slash wicket keeper and bowl right arm pies, which will never see the light of day in anything other than an intra club practice match. Anyway. A problem has become apparent over the last few months in which my husband is now refusing to take me for a net to give me throwdowns. This never used to be a problem, but now it's becoming apparent that he has little interest in helping me transform into the Chris Rogers-esque opener I know deep down I truly am. Anyway, my question is, what's a girl's got to do when her husband refuses to support her cricketing obsession and searches for any excuse to get out of attending said nets? And is it an acceptable proposition to use a portion of our home loan savings to buy a bowling machine with a self-feeder attached to it if he continues to, de- to deny me the throwdowns I crave so badly? Sounds like a euphemism. P.S. It's not like he didn't know what he was getting himself into. I left him waiting on our wedding day and was late to the ceremony because I refused to leave until Manus Labuskakni scored his maiden test double century at the SCG this year. And my had my hen's day at the Boxing Day test to the disgust of 65% of my closest friends. Anyway, any help would be appreciated. Cheers. Mm. 
Georgia. Georgia Row. Uh, okay, Georgia. I guess there's a few things I need to understand. Like I need I to understand the husband's, your husband's relationship to cricket. Like yep. does he like it? Is this a competition thing? Like he may have identity issues within this situation. Like okay. he may be the cricketer in his family. Yeah. Uh, and if so, like I understand his concern, but he's, you, you must tell him he's going to have to accept that you are now the cricketer in the family, which will take him some time to get over. Um, obviously he's not ready to accept that. So he's rebelling. Um, the other thing I want to say, which is more of a positive thing on Georgia's part is that like, I, I'm not familiar, like what Georgia wants to do is mix cricket with her relationship and mm. she wants to do it positively. I want to, yeah, like I have, I have my partnership. I have, I have my partner. Mm. I would like to engage in my hobbies with my partner, which is a normal, really normal, positive thing. Yes. For many guys, that's not the way it's done. It's, it's separation writ large, you know, mm. like mixing cricket relationship is, is a new idea. It strikes me as a very healthy thing. Mm. I can't say I've ever really managed it. So I'm not in a great position to, make a call here, but perhaps the husband needs to accept you are no longer the cricketer in the family. It is Georgia. I don't know if you know this, Pez, but there was a World Health Organization investigation into this, and there's actually a direct correlation between throwdown denial and orgasm denial. So, <laughs> so to, Georgia's, <laughs> to Georgia's husband, just throw a couple of half volleys, and maybe she'll forget about you. Not, you, you, you know, you're not taking the bins out for the third time this week, or whatever you people do. Oh, fuck, is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> also, no throwdowns tonight, babe. Surely, <laughs> surely you'd be like any any bride to be would be lucky to have Pat Cummins attending her hens, which essentially what happened by going to the Boxing Day test. Steve Smith, less so, sure, but I think that'll do. That'll do. Thanks to Barney Rone. Thanks to Josh Hazelwood. Thanks to Sam Robson. Thanks to all the people who wrote in this week. We'll see you next week.